Welcome to the First Church Orlando podcast. Here you will find recordings of weekly sermons, devotions, interviews, and seminar recordings from the First United Methodist Church of Orlando. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the podcast. I invite you to join me for our prayer for illumination. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you will renew the face of the earth. Amen. Here now our scripture reading for today. Well, you've heard from Acts 2 in various languages, and our second scripture reading for today comes from John's Gospel, chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, And whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. Don't be surprised that I said to you, you must be born anew. God's Spirit blows wherever it wishes. You hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. It's the same with everyone who is born of the Spirit. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, if you didn't already know today, today is Pentecost. What gave it away? (laughs) Right? All of the red and the doves. It's amazing. Today is the day when we celebrate the gift of God's Holy Spirit given to us. And today is not just a day, but it actually is the beginning of a season, the season of Pentecost, where we celebrate the ongoing, life-giving presence of the Holy Spirit with us, with us individually, with us as a church, and within the world. And I want to first say, that it is okay if you struggle with the idea of the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit? How and why did God come to be with us through the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit really still with us today? Or is that just something we say? Does the belief in the Holy Spirit sound a little woo-woo? Friends, if you have questions, concerns, and doubts about the Holy Spirit, then good news, you're not alone. We will be spending the summer exploring the Holy Spirit through our Summer in the, seri- summer in the Spirit sermon series. And as Pastor Becky mentioned, we will be offering daily devotionals uh, for you to subscribe to, for you to read on social media. These devotionals hopefully will inspire you to reflect 
on how the Spirit was at work in the early church, but also how the Spirit is at work among us even now. And perhaps maybe give you new eyes or a new perspective to see how the Holy Spirit may be at work in your life. I didn't get that. Siri didn't get that. (laughs) She doesn't get the Holy Spirit either. I can't promise that we will answer all of your Holy Spirit-related questions this summer. But I hope that we will feel safe in asking our questions together. That we'll feel safe in sharing our doubts. The things we still haven't quite figured out. I hope that through this summer we will learn and experience something new about the Holy Spirit. And by the end of the summer, perhaps come away with just a little bit more trust or a little bit more understanding in the Holy Spirit. So to start us out, today I just want to offer three ideas to help us think about the Holy Spirit. Three, how very Trinitarian of me. These ideas are found in Scripture, and hopefully they help us lean into the power and the mystery of the Holy Spirit. And along with each idea, I'm just going to offer you some questions. Questions for you to think about. Perhaps you want to write on your bulletin and reflect on those questions for later. Or if an idea comes to you now, uh, write on it. Write and reflect on it. It's okay to participate in worship in this way. The summer after fifth grade, a neighbor friend and I convinced my parents to let us take my family's big tandem two-person kayak out onto the lake. The same big tandem kayak that could hold two adults and a child. Two 11-year-olds thought, we can handle this. We got this. It started out great. We headed in one direction with the wind at our backs. And we flew across the water. And we felt so grown up because we were out on the water by ourselves. And we thought, we can do this. Look at us. We're going into middle school. We have it all figured out. We went quite a ways down and then decided, oh, well, you better head back. And so we turned around. But now, unfortunately, we were headed into the wind. The front of the kayak was not really weighted down. And so the wind kind of came up under the kayak and kept turning us around. So as much as we tried to paddle and steer and prevent the kayak from turning, the wind was just too much for two 11-year-old girls. We ended up in the weeds, exhausted and frustrated, and about a half a mile from my parents' house. And we didn't really want to get out into the water because it was gross, and there may have been gators. So we just sat there in the boat, in the weeds, and waited. This was the 90s. This was before cell phones. So we just had to wait until someone came looking for us. Not too long later, we see my mom kind of walking along the sidewalk, looking into the lake, looking for us. And so we, like, waved her down. We yelled at her, and she came on over, and she said, Don't worry, help is on the way. Soon later, my dad comes in the little single-person kayak, 
And he kayaks up to us and he uh, hooks the boats together. And we turn around and we head back to the house. But because the front of the big kayak was now tethered to the little one in front of it, he was towing us uh, back to our, our lake area. Uh, we didn't have quite the same problem with the wind. We were able to kind of paddle a little bit and help a little bit. But it was probably mostly my dad that towed us back to the house. I am no wind expert or meteorologist. But that afternoon on the lake proved to me the strength of the wind and my powerlessness to control it. Those of us who have lived in Florida and lived through various thunderstorms and tropical waves like what we had yesterday, maybe, I don't know, tornado warnings and hurricanes, we know that the wind blows where it will and we cannot change the course of the wind. Wind is one of these ideas used to describe the Holy Spirit. Jesus tells Nicodemus that God's spirit is like the wind. The wind blows wherever it wishes. We cannot see the wind itself, but we can see the effect of the wind. We can hear the wind, but we have no control over where it goes. Similarly, we, can, we can't see God's spirit itself, but we can see the effects of God's spirit. Sometimes we hear the movement or the whisper of the spirit, but we can't force the spirit to go in any certain direction. Dr. Peter Enns tells us, the spirit of God is not beholden to a system. You cannot control this. The spirit blows where it chooses. This is not predictable. It can't be harnessed. And similarly, Dr. Lauren Winter says, we cannot always summon a sense of God's presence. Even when we do the things that we were taught in Sunday school would work. In other seasons, God roars into our lives in ways that we wish we could avoid, tamp down, or put out entirely. Friends, we cannot conjure up the Holy Spirit any more than we can summon the wind to blow. God's Spirit shows up when and where and how God's Spirit chooses to show up. So that always puts us in a place of watching, watching for the effects of the Spirit and waiting to respond to the Spirit's movement. Sometimes we find ourselves in the current of God's Spirit being pushed or propelled forward by the Spirit. Sometimes we don't even really have control over how fast we're going or where we're going, but we feel we are being moved forward by the Spirit. And we are along on the Spirit's ride. And sometimes we find ourselves straining and working against the wind of the Spirit. We find ourselves resisting the places where the Spirit is blowing us. We strain to go where we want to go, only to find ourselves losing ground and being pushed back. 
Where do you see the effects of God's spirit in your life today? Are you living in the current of God's spirit with the spirit at your back pushing you forward to where the spirit leads? Or do you find yourself pushing back? Pushing back against God's spirit? Because you desire to go your own way. You desire to go in a different way than where the Spirit is leading. Water is another idea that helps us understand the power and the mystery of the Holy Spirit. In Genesis 1, we read that God's Spirit hovered over the waters of creation just before God began to create. And as Jesus was coming up out of the water at his baptism, Jesus saw heaven open with the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. And in the end, the river of life giving water will flow from the throne of God throughout the new Jerusalem, giving life to all creation. Water and the Spirit, present from the beginning and all the way for eternity. Water is a powerful force with the ability to give life And to change life. And sadly, sometimes end life. Like wind, water has currents that move anything in the water's current. That move along anything. Going against the current of the water is difficult and exhausting. How many of you have ever experienced a riptide out in the ocean? Maybe if it's not even a riptide, but just the current and the waves that will kind of push you and move you down the beach. We try to control water with drainage systems and dams, but even our human constructions cannot control water 100% of the time. Sometimes our human constructions, our water control systems collapse or fail because the water is just too strong. It's too much. National Geographic magazine describes erosion as the geological process in which earthen materials are worn away and transported by natural forces such as wind or water. A similar process, weathering, breaks down or dissolves rock, but does not involve movement. National National Geographic magazine told me that water is the main cause of erosion. And I recently experienced and witnessed the erosive power of water while visiting the Flume Gorge in New Hampshire. This natural gorge is found at the base of a mountain and extends for 800 feet. The walls of the gorge are made up of granite and basalt rocks that rise 70 to 90 feet above the base of the gorge. And the walls of the gorge are around 12 to 20 feet apart. And the waters of the Flume Brook 
flow between them. Notice I said Flume Brook. I didn't say the Mississippi River, the Colorado River, a brook. The waters of the Flume Brook flow between. Glaciers from the Ice Age as well as waters from the Flume Brook have over time worn away the granite and basalt rocks to form the Flume Gorge. Erosion is still happening to this day, and the gorge continues to deepen and widen as the waters continue to flow. Moving water can wear away and transport something as hard and seemingly permanent as rock. We're not talking sand. We're talking granite rock. The moving water carries away the sediment worn away and creates something new. And as the water continues to move, the landscape continues to change. Creation is always changing and becoming something new. The Holy Spirit, the water of the Holy Spirit, is moving within and around us, carrying away sediments and creating something new. So how is the water of the Holy Spirit moving within you and shaping you into a new creation? What has the Holy Spirit carried away from you or smoothed down within you to make you into a new creation? To make you different now than you were a year ago or five years ago? Could the Holy Spirit use you like water to bring about change and new creation in the world around you. What seemingly impenetrable and impermeable forces could the Holy Spirit use you to change? We often use the word spirit as a synonym for soul. We work to care for our minds and our bodies and our spirits. Sometimes we use the word spirited as an adjective to describe someone with strong opinions. She's spirited. Or maybe we use this word to describe someone with boundless energy or extra moxie. They're spirited. Each one of us is created with our own unique individual spirits that make us who we are. We cannot see our spirits, but we know that they're there. Our spirits are present and active even when we don't really think much about them. But we know that they're there. We can sense their presence. Just as there is a unique individual spirit in you that makes you you, The power and the mystery of Pentecost reminds us that God's spirit came to dwell in the world and to dwell within each and every one of us. 
The Holy Spirit is both this external, universal spirit that exists beyond us, and it permeates the atmosphere of all creation, and the Holy Spirit is internal and personal, and it lives within you, whether you can see it or not. Father Richard Rohr says it is the spirit in history that seems to be driving us forward, not giving up on us. God within and in the spaces between. The spirit is like a homing device put inside of you and all creation too. For all of our stupidity and mistakes, there's in everything this deep internal dignity convinced of its own value. This divine indwelling keeps insisting, I am what I am seeking. And in other words, Father Rohr says, it's, good, it's God in you that loves God. It's God through you that recognizes God. It's God for you that assures you it is all finally and forever okay. God's spirit lives and dwells inside of you and collaborates with your spirit. Every moment of every day holds the possibility of this divine and human collaboration. Every moment of every day offers the opportunity for God's spirit to collaborate with your spirit both in what God is doing in the world and even in what you're doing in your everyday life. And it's beautiful and it's holy when our individual spirits and God's spirit, they merge and they move together in the same direction. Wind, water, and spirit. What would it look like for your spirit to get caught up in the current of God's spirit? Where would you go? What could you do? Let us pray. Holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, pour out your spirit on us today. Fill us with your spirit that together we may speak your words, dream your dreams, see with your eyes, and go with you as your hands and feet. And may all God's people say, amen. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you will listen again in the future. If you enjoyed today's message, we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and share it with others on social media. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this podcast is a valuable resource to you, we invite you to give to this ministry by making a financial contribution at firstchurchorlando.org forward slash give. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.